0: to the train your mind podcast. I'm Vanessa Forrester and I teach athletes how to up-level their performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. Your next breakthrough performance is closer than you think. Are you ready to train your mind like you train your body? Stick around and I'll teach you how. Hey athletes, welcome back to the podcast. Okay, before we get into today's episode, let's talk about Kona because I have yet to address it here on the podcast and I want to share my thoughts with you. I know that many of you listening have either already qualified or are working towards qualifying, and even if this isn't you, you may be in a similar situation with like a different race on your schedule. So, needless to say, if you're in the Ironman world, there have been lots of changes to the Ironman world championships races this year with Kona and the 70.3 worlds coming up. I have six athletes racing 70.3 worlds and one athlete that's racing Kona. Plus Kona was one of my big races this year. So these changes definitely affect me as well. It's been really fascinating to see the wide variety of responses, not just from my corner of the world, but also on social media. I think we can all agree that it's frustrating, right? To have plans and then have those plans change. And I think that's amplified because we're all high-performing type A people. That prior to 2020, we could literally plan our race calendars out with certainty years in advance. And that's just not the case in this season of our lives. At least not in Ironman racing. And listen, I'm just like you all. I get it. I've put thousands of dollars into races that have gotten changed, deferred, all the things. It's not ideal, but it's also a non-controllable. There is nothing about the physical race state change that any of us can control. But when we try to, what ends up happening is our emotions are all over the place. We actually let our emotions be controlled by the race organization making the change. What? Like, think about that. You are so desperately wanting to control the situation. And in the meantime, you're actually giving away what you do have control over your response, and most importantly, your emotional well-being. Now, I'm not here to tell you what is right and wrong or who is right and who is wrong. I'm not here to play the blame game or take sides, and I'm certainly, certainly not here to complain and talk about what's fair. And I hope you'll join me in that. Now that the news has been out in the world for a bit, my guess is that you've moved past the big, frustrated, angry, disappointed fields. But if not, the best thing you can do for yourself is to let yourself be frustrated, angry, disappointed, whatever. Let it happen. As soon as you pretend you're not whatever the emotion is, or you shame yourself for feeling a certain way, you make yourself wrong. You think you're wrong for feeling that way. You're not wrong. You're allowed. I like to give myself 24 hours. 24 hours to feel whatever comes up, to pout, scream, cry, vent, all the things. This makes the space and makes it okay to feel Because feeling is part of the human experience. Shaming yourself for feeling a certain way only makes it worse. So instead of having to work through the shame to get to the disappointment, just allow the disappointment in the first place. It took me literally years to understand this. And now my processing of emotion, like truly processing, can happen faster because there isn't resistance to it. When I got the email confirming the Kona postponement, I was sad. Two years of postponements is a lot. And so I let myself be sad about it, not because training was wasted or because I'll never get to Kona, because it's definitely not true, but I was just sad mourning the event as how I thought it would be. The momentum I would have taken from Chattanooga the year before into my first Kona. It kind of makes me think of when we had to pull the plug on Danny's Taha Rim Triathlon. I mourned what would have been there too. I didn't make myself wrong for any of it. And just that space actually kept me engaged in the process as a whole and still engaged in my training. The other thing to remember here is that the reason you feel a certain way isn't Ironman's fault or the airline's fault or the accommodation's fault. You feel that way because of the way you're choosing to think about it. So when you're giving yourself those 24 hours, you're allowing meeting yourself where you're at emotionally, but you also get to take responsibility for feeling that way for how you're choosing to see the situation. This matters because it can be the thing that helps you navigate out of it intentionally. You see, when emotion is high, intellect is low. So you don't want to make decisions from that high emotional state. It doesn't ever yield the best decisions. And so after you process, lay out your options and get to work making the best decision for you from a better place. And if you can't get to positive, at least get to neutral. One thing that I think we've all learned from this, we have an extra challenge when our sport hosts its world championships on an island. <laughs> but jokes aside, when I came down from the higher emotional state, my favorite thing to ask myself. And I like I want you to write this down. I really want you to consider this for you too. My favorite thing to ask myself is this. How is this change perfect for me? How did they have me in mind? When they made this change, I literally go to work selling myself on how it's better this way because it puts my brain to work looking for and finding the reason why reasons why it's true. Whatever you believe, your brain will always look to prove it true. This is for anything, whether you want to make an argument that summer is the best season or California has the best Mexican food or Iron Man is a terrible company. You get to believe what you want, but pay attention. How is what you're choosing to believe about unexpected changes not actually serving you? How is it making your experience worse? How are you giving your emotional power away when you stay angry and make decisions from that place? So when I answered the question, how is this perfect for me? I landed on this being better because... It allows me to fully focus on supporting my athletes at 70.3 worlds all in one day. And then it puts my race focus hundred percent into Ironman Arizona. And Arizona is special for me this year because it's the 10 year anniversary of my very first Ironman in 2011. And I wrote it down on my vision and goals way back when, when I worked for Lululemon, that I would go back in 2021 and qualify for Kona. So it's a special year. Celebrating my first Ironman experience and qualifying for Kona again. So that's what I'll do. We'll get to Kona at some point, and damn, it's going to be special. But as I say so often, I really want you to like absorb this. It's never really about the goal, it's about who you become in the process. And part of that process is unexpected obstacles and challenges along the way. It's a damn good thing. This is our specialty as endurance athletes. (laughs) All right, let's carry this into the main topic of today's episode, because of course it's all relevant. I want to talk about what it means to opt in and opt out of hard. Generally, when we set goals like qualified for Kona or getting on the podium, we know that there is a gap between where we are now and where we want to be. We know that it will require us to work harder than we ever have before to achieve at a higher level than we ever have before. And you're usually pretty conscious of this, meaning you opt in. You're like, okay, I'm ready to go for harder run intervals, longer sets in the pool, whatever it is that your coach determines and prescribes that will get you there. And then along the way, you have to, of course, manage your mind around the constant doubt that may show up from not feeling like you're good enough or not really believing that you belong at that level, which is so much of the work I do with my athletes. But even if you have doubts, there's still a conscious opt-in. You're like, okay, I'm ready. I know this is going to be hard. I'm willing to try. But then somewhere along the way, somewhere in between, there's often a subtle opt-out of some of the hard. And usually it's subconscious. So the point of this episode is to make it more conscious for you of what's happening. The version of hard that you forget to consider as part of the process, there's the outright hard. And then there's like the elusive hard. It's like the physical and the emotional or the physical and the mental, because for every goal that takes you to the next level, There's the hard that looks like emotional discomfort or inconvenience or uncertainty or something along those lines. Think about that for a second. For every goal that takes you to the next level, there's the hard that looks like emotional discomfort or inconvenience or uncertainty. It's as much part of the goal achievement as the physical work, but we don't give it the same weight or attention. And that's what needs to change. So I'm going to share two personal examples and an example from an athlete that I work with. But first, think about your next level performance. Where are you consciously opting in to hard and where are you subtly opting out of hard? Or another way to think about it is where are you making your goals conditional on the hard you're willing to do? So let me share some examples. First, I'm going to take it out of sport actually. Back in my accounting days, I remember knowing for sure that studying for my CPA exams were going to be hard. That was a given. I had gone through a master's in accountancy program. I knew those exams were tough, but I wanted to work for the best and I wanted to be the best accountant I could be. So the grueling tests were a heck yes for me. But what I didn't consider were the effects on all the other areas of my life, and especially my social life. I was a young adult living in downtown Atlanta, and all I did was work and study and train. So if you don't already know this about me, I like to go all in. So I started my full-time job with PwC while studying for my CPA exams while I was training for my first Ironman. And in the beginning, it was hard to be okay with sacrificing my normal social life. And it definitely extended the time it took me to pass the exams because the whole time I was resistant to the inconvenience of giving up time for other things. I wanted the goal. I wanted to be a CPA. I was on board with the difficulty of the tests, but I wanted everything else to be easier. And because of that, I made the whole process harder on myself. And not being aware of that made it so it took me probably six months longer To complete all four exams than it would have otherwise. So at that time, I had opted into one version of hard and opted out of the other. And because of that, my goal took me longer to achieve. I still got there, but it took a longer and much more painful process than it needed to be. And then recently here in Bozeman, our pool was closed for like two weeks, which happens every year for yearly maintenance. And for the last two years prior to this year, I would mostly utilize the time to get in more open water swimming. I'd get up to our mountain reservoir and do a couple open water swims each week, which is like a 45 minute drive from where I live. And this year I made the decision to drive to Butte, Montana, which is an hour and a half away from where I live to swim in their YMCA pool twice a week. So prior to this year, I would focus on the open water skills. And this year I wanted to continue the focus pool time. The common denominator is this though. I opted in to the hard physical training and opted in to the hard logistics required. The commute was not a problem. I didn't even second guess my commitment to getting my swims in. When things like that happen, like pool closures that disrupt training in one way or another, the opt out is to make the disruption mean your training or progression must be halted, right? That things are working against you, And this may be subconscious for you. So you want to pay attention. Are you subtly opting out of the hard that looks like inconvenience, uncertainty, or emotional discomfort? And what's that costing you? Hard is a goal investment, my friends, and it's all shapes and sizes. So another way that this shows up for many athletes is with family responsibilities. And here's the coaching that you didn't know you came here for today. Family responsibilities do not have to get in the way. So stop letting them. And my athlete, Sarah, is a beautiful example of this. I'm actually going to have her here on the podcast to talk about her race at Ironman Lake Placid soon because holy smokes, did she absolutely smash it coming in second in her age group and Kona qualifying for the second time this year already in the bag. But the way she raced was with full on confidence like never before. And I think a lot of that comes back to this concept, the hard opt-in. So Sarah has four kids, all involved in like multiple activities in school and sports, and they are on the go often, like to the next thing and to the next thing. And she trains a high volume for multiple Ironmans a year. And she's also like you and me. She's a grade A planner and wants things to go as planned as much as possible. But with many balls in the air at once, there's often times when things in the schedule just don't go to plan. And months ago, this really affected her training quality, either because of sessions that weren't completed as planned or she was just mentally checked out. Now what's different is if a run must be moved to like after soccer games and after a swim banquet, then she does it, she moves it without the stress, without the stress which changes everything. Her ability to do that started with consciously opting into hard, any way that it comes, and not making her goal conditional on whether the schedule played out perfectly. Because, spoiler alert, it never will. The sooner you can stop expecting it to, the sooner you can get to work problem solving and making your schedule work for you, not against you. So these are just a couple examples, right? because how you do anything is how you do everything, so it'll show up outside of sport too, but where might it be affecting your goal achievement on the race course? This is how we as high achievers get to our next level, with an awareness that what we want will be hard. And that's the gift. Hard can be intervals, emotional discomfort, inconvenience, and so many other things. And all of the hard is worth it. We are capable of it all when we opt in with intention and purpose. Okay. That's it for this episode, my friends. I will see you here again soon. Hey, it's me again. If you want more juicy tips on how to train your mind, hop on my email list. The link is in the show notes. As soon as you join, I'll send you the 10 triathlon truths your tri coach hasn't told you. And then I'll drop in your inbox weekly with new tips that will change the way you train and race. See you there.